Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series, Unafraid. Here's Christine Gershom with today's message. We're so happy that you could join us again for this service. Even as we get into this new series, we really hope and pray that it will bless you. The name of the series we're going to be uh, looking at is the Unafraid series. And we felt it was really necessary for this time when we're all in lockdown, when maybe we're just returning to work, but the conditions are not exactly favorable around us. Um, and we wanted to get into the word of God and find out how to battle fear, how to tackle fear, uh, because it's a real thing. Our fears are probably very real uh, very legitimate, but how are we going to um, face the, our fears and move forward in faith? That That's what this whole series is about. And today we're getting into the story of Abraham from the book of Genesis. And so before I get into it, I just want to say a quick word of prayer. Father, I pray that as I speak, that Lord, it will be you who's speaking to your people and that Lord, each person's ears will be tuned to what you have for them. Lord. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. So as we get into this, the story of Abraham, I just want you to look at this uh, short summary of his life really quickly, and just to understand where we stand with Abraham, who Abraham was, what he did, what God did with his life. Can we just have a look at it? Abraham was a Syrian, who God called out of Haran, to go to a land promised to him. He, with his wife Sarah and a nephew Lot, set out with all their possessions to this promised land of Canaan. They moved to Canaan, and after a while are forced to move to Egypt, because of a severe famine. While in Egypt Abraham fears that they will kill him, in exchange for his beautiful wife Sarah, so he lies that she is his sister. He is found out and they leave Egypt eventually and return to Canaan, where God establishes his covenant with Abraham, that through him God would bless the nations of the earth. Abraham and Sarah get restless though in waiting for a child and so employ Hagar their handmaid to birth a son, Ishmael. After 18 years, the promised child, Isaac is born. Hagar and Ishmael are sent away to avoid conflict with Sarah and Isaac. A few years later Abraham's faith is tested when God asks him to sacrifice his son as a burnt offering. Abraham obeys God and his son is saved from death by an angel who stops Abraham and blesses him for his obedience. Isaac carries on the legacy handed over by his father and through his son Jacob, God fulfills the blessing he gave Abraham. Uh, it, it's a very condensed version of what he went through, what he walked through, what he accomplished. So at different points of Abraham's journey, I am sure that he battled fear. How do I know this? Genesis 15 verse 1 says this, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Every time in the Bible where there is a do not be afraid or fear not, it usually means there was scope for fear. It means there was fear as the emotion at that point of time. And so Abraham was no different. God is telling him in a dream, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I am your great reward. So when I look at his entire life, there were at least five instances when I'm sure Abraham being human dealt with fear. I'm sure there were times when he uh, didn't know what to do. There was a lot of fear in his heart. The first place that I think that Abraham would have dealt with fear was when he was called out of his homeland into a foreign place. This is what Genesis 12 verse 1 says. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, 
your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Imagine leaving your home, leaving the comfort of your home and being a nomad for the next 30 years or so of your life. It's not the life that anyone would sign up for, but Abraham just took God at his word. He left. But I am sure that just like any other man or woman, Abraham and Sarah would have had their share of worries. Like, what are we doing? We're leaving comfort. We're going to be out on the road. And mind you, this is a time when the comforts of travel weren't there. There must have been so much that was on their head. Are you in that place today? Is God asking you to step out of your comfort zone? Is he asking you to do something different? Does your future look hazy? Do you not know what's ahead? I'm sure Abraham was feeling the exact same thing. Corrie Ten Boom said this very interesting thing. She says, never be afraid to trust your unknown future to a known God. That's what we need to do at this point of time. Our future seems hazy. Future seems unclear, but God is in charge. The second place I think that Abraham would have dealt with fear was when he was hearing from this God about a huge promise over his life. Now, he was from Mesopotamia where there was a lot of other deities being worshipped, but the one true God is calling him out of there and saying, this is what I have in store for you. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 to 3. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's common to sometimes wonder whether what we are hearing is God's voice or our mind's voice. I'm sure Sarah and Abraham had those doubts sometimes because physically things were not moving in the direction they wanted it to. But here he was saying, God has told me to move. God has told me to set up tent here. God is asking me to do this. God is asking me to believe. Do you have a current fear that you're not hearing God, right? Do you have a current fear that Maybe it's just my mind's voice talking to me. So whatever you're hearing right now, test it with the word of God. See if it's in line with the word of God. And if it is, it's in all probability the Holy Spirit who's been talking with you. The third point where I think Abraham was facing fear was when he kept being promised descendants. As numerous as the sand of the sea, as numerous as the stars in the sky. But there's this very pivotal verse in the beginning of his uh, lifeline which says, But Sarah was barren. Imagine this, you're being promised children, but in the physical, your resources are practically zero. Genesis 15 verse 5 says this, he took him outside, God took him outside and said, look up at the sky, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. But at this point of time, there was no sign of earthly offspring. Maybe your resources are empty today. Maybe it feels like my bank account is dry. What can I do with this? Can I just remind you, Jesus was the kind of man And God, who took five loaves and two fish and could feed the 5,000, he did exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine. He can do the same thing with you right now. He can do the exact same thing with your resources, however little it is. Point four, where I think Abraham would have really dealt with fear was when God had established a covenant with him. God said, hey, I'm promising to be with you. I'm promising to bring nations out of you. But from your end, there has to be also a commitment Reading from Genesis chapter 17, verses 6 to 7 and 10 to 11, says this, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. 
I'm sure Abraham had a, a little bit of fear thinking of the impending circumcision. Circumcision of a baby at eight days old and the circumcision of an adult man, they're two different things. And there was, there was going to be a season where all the men of the camp were going to be in pain. They were going to be ex in excruciating pain at that. A lot of times there is pain before our promise is fulfilled. I've seen this in my life. I've had to step over obstacles of pain, of suffering before I actually reached what God had prepared for me. And so if you're in a season of pain and suffering, I want to encourage you that God has got his promise intact, that the promise is on the other side of your pain, that God is going to do something beautiful even through your pain, even through your suffering. The final point where I believe Abraham must have struggled with fear was when that promised son Isaac was asked to be sacrificed. Imagine this, you've been waiting 25 years, 25 long years. Along the way, another child was birthed because of your planning and, and all of that. Ishmael happened, but Isaac was the son of promise. He's born to them. And within a few years, God says, sacrifice him. Imagine what Abraham went through in his head. On the surface of it, what the Bible says is he just obeyed. He just took Isaac and he went forward. That was it. But look at what Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 and 2 says. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Are you afraid of losing the things and the people that you love as you pursue God more and more? I want to encourage you that the Bible says he has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He has promised that he will walk through fire with you. He will walk through the waters with you, that they will not engulf you. That's the kind of God we serve. So we've seen how Abraham's life had so much propensity for fear. There were so many instances when he must have battled fear. It gives us a lot of hope that even in Abraham must have dealt with fear, that God had to tell him, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I am your reward. So what do we take away from this? Where do we stand today? As followers of Jesus, I believe two things that we must really incorporate into our lives. The first thing is we must be faithful and not fearful. Let's look at Genesis 18 verses 19. This is what God is speaking to himself about Abraham. Because Sodom and Gomorrah are about to be destroyed. And God is telling him, should I tell him what I'm going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah? Because of this, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. I highlighted this, keep the way of the Lord. That's what being faithful is. It's very simple. If this journey that we are calling life is a road and this is the road God has called us to walk, are we being faithful? Are we staying the path by doing what is right and just? So when you're looking at the word of God, there's so many verses that, that are given about how you must pursue righteousness, pursue justice. I want us to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. It says this, but you, man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Let's look at Isaiah 1 verse 17. It says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. From both of these verses, it's very obvious of this one thing. Righteousness and justice, it's not something we inherently are. We're not just such great, good people morally that, that we can just live these lives. We must seek after it. We must, we must seek God who is the, the epitome of righteousness and justice. And when we seek him more, we can live 
faithfully. We can live uh, committed to the path he's called us to. Today, each of us are in a different place of a pause mode. I, honestly, I feel the whole world is in a pause mode. And so how are we looking at this season of our lives? You may be working from home. Are you being faithful in what you're doing from your very home? Do you spend more time watching Netflix or something else rather than committing yourself to the job at hand? Maybe your job is to just look after your children, but you're looking at that as the greatest drudgery. What if God is calling you to be just faithful to that mundane moment? Maybe it's just creating memories with your spouse. Are we being faithful in the road that we have right now? Maybe the road for you just seems like every day, one day at a time. But can we be faithful with that? That's what I think we need to look at. Abraham was faithful every step of the way. There were so many chances, like we looked at five five different points when he could have been so caught up in fear, but he kept moving forward in faith. He was faithful. The second thing is that we must fear God and not forget him. So you might under, ask me, why would you say fear and forgetfulness in the same sentence? They're not contrary to each other. Let's look at Genesis chapter 22, verses 10 to 12, just to understand this a bit more. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, saying, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. When I was reading this, I was thinking, what God? Only now you discover that he feared you. His whole life looks like he's feared you. But look at this. If you look at this whole scenario, you realize that God was so pleased with Abraham's obedience. And in just a few verses prior to this, it's very interesting how um, little Isaac is asking, he's having this conversation with his father. He says, father, there's the firewood is here. The sticks are here. The fire starters are here. Where is the sacrifice? And and Abraham, in true Abrahamic style, says, the Lord will provide the sacrifice, son. Abraham brought God into the picture. It seemed like God was not in this picture. How does a good God want to take your only son away? It was only because Abraham brought him into the picture. He realized that this whole scenario, even God could turn it around. And so that, that declaration, he says that God will bring the sacrifice is fulfilled a few verses later where, he, where there's a ram caught in the thicket behind them and God came through. So I want to ask us today, do you fear God? Do I fear God? I've been asking God that a lot and I didn't understand it because each of us have already a lot of things to fear. Why would I want to fear one more thing? And especially someone as big as God. But here's the thing. This is what the fear of God looks like. All of us, when we're growing up, probably were afraid of our parents. Why? Because for whatever we did, there were consequences. There were things that would follow. Maybe we were meant to kneel down in a corner. or Maybe we had a spanking waiting for us. Or maybe there were privileges that were withdrawn. I don't know, but I'm sure your childhood had a lot of fear of your parents. At least in my life, after 18, the consequences dropped. I didn't have as many consequences to fear, but I feared hurting my parents. I feared letting them down. I feared disappointing them. That was what drove my life. I wanted to please them. I wanted to make, make them proud of me. Today, the fear of God must look like that for you. It cannot afford to look like a, a teeth-shattering, gut-wrenching kind of fear. No, he is holy. He is awesome. But this God is with us. He's in us. And so every action of mine, every reaction, every thought of mine must give him glory, must be pleasing to him. The fear of God basically should drive us to a place where we are afraid of losing contact with him. 
It should drive us to a place where we cannot manage without him and that would scare us. As we get to know him more, as we get to understand his word and what he expects of us, our fear has to be of losing touch with him, of losing his Holy Spirit in our lives, of disappointing him, of hurting his heart. That should be what the fear of God looks like. In, in Psalm 51, David has just sinned with Bathsheba and he writes this beautiful thing, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. That has to motivate us. That Lord, I don't want to mess this, this amazing relationship up I have with you. I don't want to lose the joy of my salvation. Today, I ask you in renewed understanding of what this fear of God looks like. Do you fear God? Is God in your picture? However hard your picture is right now, your picture might be one of utter barrenness. Your picture might be one of incredible suffering right now. But is God in your picture? Have you forgotten God in the midst of your fears? So one of our friends was just telling us this week of how when we fear something, all our focus goes on to that. And inevitably, we forget God. But I want to ask you in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your barrenness, in the midst of your struggle, have you forgotten God or have you brought him into the picture? Because he belongs in that picture. Only God can change things in our life. But that depends on whether we fear him. Abraham was not perfect. He was far from it. In fact, he's, he was so human that when angels came down and spoke to him about a child who was going to be born the next year, he laughed about it. He lied to two different rulers because he was afraid he would be killed over Sarah's beauty. This was a man of faith. But look at the fears he had. He had to send away a son, his firstborn, to make room for the promised son. None of this was easy for Abraham. None of this was ideal. But Abraham, with God's help, made it work. He went through his life faithfully. He went through his life. And at the end of it, he was, it was attested to him that he feared God. So I want to ask you today, do you know this God personally? It's not enough to know about him. We must know him. We must know him personally. Without knowing this God, without intimately communing with him, we will not be able to fear him adequately. We won't know what it's like to live without him. We won't know what it's like to dishonor him with our actions or our relationships. We need him. Can I pray for you? If you say today, I need this God. I need Jesus. Can I pray with you? Dear Lord, I am a sinner. I need you. I believe that you sent your son to die on my behalf. I believe that he is the son of God, the savior of the world. I pray that you will come into my heart, that you will set me free, that you will change me from within. I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I pray with you today if you have a fear of the unknown, if you have a fear of your future? You're not alone. Every single one of us have these fears. Every single one of us have the fear of what the future is going to hold. Like we looked at Abraham's life. Maybe today you're afraid of pain. Maybe you're afraid of suffering. Maybe you are afraid of what you can't understand. Maybe God has been speaking something to you, but you're not sure it's God. Maybe God is calling you out of your comfort zone into something totally different. Will you trust him? Will you step out in faith the way Abraham did? Maybe God is asking you to trust him with the limited resources you have. Maybe you're saying, Lord, my bank account is empty. How can I do what you're calling me to do? Can I pray for you today? Father in heaven, we just come before you and we pray that, Lord, every fear will bow before you at this time. Every fear of the future. Every fear that, Lord, we will not have enough. Every fear of losing those we love, of losing the things we love. 
every fear of not having enough resources. Lord, we commit these fears to you and we pray that, Lord, we will find healing. We will find deliverance. Lord, we will find comfort in you, O Father. I pray, Lord, along this path of life that you have called us to live, I pray that you will keep us faithful. I pray that, Lord, we will live a life that is righteous and just before you. I also pray that, Lord, we will live in the fear of you. I pray that, Lord, we will fear you because you're a holy and awesome God. And that, Lord, we need you for our lives. We acknowledge our sinfulness. We need more of you, O Lord. I pray that, Lord, we will live with a consciousness of who you are. That, Lord, you will be brought into every picture that we have. No matter how hard it is, no matter how good it is, we bring you back into the picture, Lord, today. We promise that we will not forget you, but we will include you. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.